Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. It's me, your host, Cod Strusiang. First of all, apologies for being so sporadic with the release schedule of all the podcasts. As you can imagine, things have been quite busy, and we're trying to start regularly scheduling hosts and interviews and guests as the political season ramps up again. Not that I only want to focus on politics. There's going to be a lot of other stuff that we focus on in the coming weeks and months. But in this episode, we're going to talk with my former colleague slash now politician, Voronai Vinichka. So without further ado, Kun Voronai. So I am sitting here with an old, I wouldn't say colleague, but professional colleague, uh, fellow journalist, former journalist, sometimes friend, sometimes frenemy, uh, Voronai Vinichka, um, who is now a... Uh, advisor to Chad Panama Party. Is Gla is Gla in the title at all? Advisor to the party leader of Chad Patana Gla Party. Oh, oh, it's called Chad Patana Gla. So it's the combination of the two words. Which is also already a combination of Chad Thai and Patana, whatever the no, fuck. No, 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 no. Chad Thai Patana is uh, another party. Yeah. So yeah, but, but before that, they were like they were combined from something else as well, wasn't they? Like ages ago. No, like no, it's Chad Patana and Gla, okay. and that's that. Okay. And Chad Patana, if I remember correctly, belongs to Suwat Lipata Panlop. Yes. And Gla is Kun Gon Tadagawandit. Yes. And now Kun Vorna is in there. So I guess the million dollar question that everyone's sort of interested in is you you left um, journalism to start your own party, which was called Ruam Thai. Ruam Thai United. Ruam Thai United Party. And then you join this party. The right. question is why? From the start or from the joining of this well, of the second party? You, you joined Rome Thai United. Right. Or you started Rome Thai United. Well, I didn't start it. Uh, it was a few people and I came along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I was a co-founder, but I wasn't the first or the second person there. So 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 we did Rome Thai United for, for, for about a year and it's very difficult to move forward with it because of the uh, election rule, 100 division. It that makes they, it quite impossible. They changed it, right? Yeah, they changed the, they changed the rule, so it's quite impossible for a party that small, that size, to compete. Mm. So uh, we decided to um, just uh, put a pause on that party, and 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 everyone goes their own way, whichever way they they wanted to go. I started politics for about one year. I see no reason to just give it up entirely after just one year. So I I wanted to move on and go on. In into politics and Kungon Jadikawanit gave me an opportunity to continue my political career. Let me let me ask you this: if if the um, if the rules weren't changed, would you still and 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 it still favored smaller parties? Would you have stayed at Rum Thai United? If the rules weren't changed, then all the political happenings that you have been seeing over the past week and past month wouldn't be happening. Sure. There will be a lot more smaller parties. So I, I think, uh, to be to be honest, uh, if it was under the same old rule, then everybody would stay where they are because everybody would have a better chance at gaining a seat in parliament. So it's just pretty much a number game, a realistic game of the things that are happening in politics over the past weeks and months and will continue to happen for the time being. So I'm going to take that as a yes, you probably would have stayed. Yes, definitely it would have stayed. Yeah. But do you, do you do you think that 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 having joined this bigger party now and and instead of being a major decision maker but being now part of the decision making process if not the one that ultimately decides on things do you still are you still able to contribute 
in this new environment your ideas and and, and influence the party leaders? Well, I think the benefit of joining a bigger party is that you have access to resource, to people, and to knowledge that you didn't have before. I would not be so arrogant as to assume that I know everything about politics that I would can be successful on my own with my own party. Uh, I think the benefit of joining with Kun Gorn and the others is that there are there are things that I have learned from them. There are things that I'm continuing to learn from them because they have been politicians for years and years and decades and decades, and those uh, experience. You cannot you cannot sell and buy. So in in that sense, it's very beneficial. In terms of my contribution, there are a number of things that I am contributing to the party. So for example, um, I know I'm from background of communication. I, I I have an idea or two about how to do visuals, about how to do slogans, this and that. So I'm helping them with that. Uh, also, I'm from a non political background, so I'm able to offering a, to offer a different perspective on how to look at things. Um, I'm more in tune with the younger generation. In, in the dialogue that we need to have with them and policies and political stance that would appeal to them. So that's what I also bring to the tables. Currently, I'm doing a campus tour um, around Thailand, talking to university students under a project that uh, we call My Life, My Goal. So it has nothing to do with politics, but it's an opportunity to, to just travel around and meeting young people and talking to them on a personal level. So uh, that's being done. And, all, and also, I mean, uh, let, let's be honest, I mean, uh, with Chad Patana, with Kla, and with Warren, I, I am the most, I'm the leftist <laughs> of in this uh, combination. Yeah, I was going to touch uh, on yeah, that I'm, in a second. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm by far the on the left side of this uh, combination. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's, uh, uh, it's a good, it's a good opportunities for people from different uh, political perspectives coming together to try to create something. And um, I, I, in terms of policies and political stance, I have contributed a lot to uh, formalize everything to have it make sense for Thailand because not everything can just be theoretical or your right or your left and things have to be one way or the other. That is the reality of Thailand and the Thai people and the social and cultural and political evolution of Thailand as to where we are at today. And therefore the measurement is what will work and what will not work because real life is not a fairy tale in which we all can be knight in shining armor riding on a, a white horse. I mean, we would all love to be it, but the reality of politics is you have to be able to pull together different factions and different sides who are willing to at least willing to at least respect democracy and work under the rules of democracy and then try to push politics forward from that stance. That's that's very interesting that you, you mentioned that because we were I was about to get into that. Obviously, as someone who's always sort of um, been known for his more liberal leanings, especially in your journalism, in your in your media ventures previously, there were a lot of people who raised question marks when you announced that you were joining with GLA, and it was something that you came under criticism for, and uh, fairly or unfairly, I, I think it's it's not completely fair because you know we don't know where this new party is going, but there was criticism levied your way and do you think do you think that you've sort of like have you listened to those criticisms what do you think of those criticisms um, do you understand where they're coming from well uh, actually as someone who has uh, who came from the background as a commentator you know my journalism career was more as a commentator than a reporter so I would say every criticism is fair <laughs> 
every criticism I have heard or I have read, I think it's fair. People have the right to have questions. And definitely, Bora and I going to join Chai Patanakla, you know, people will say, what the fuck? And of course, they will say, what the fuck? That's fair enough. Um, so in that sense, I have no problem with it. Uh, I, I don't mind addressing each issue if you would like to put each issue on the table. Like what are the things that people are criticizing about in terms of my move, of my move? Okay. Well, let's, let's, um, I hate hypothetics because it, 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 <laughs> hypothetically you, you can ask anything, right? But, but, but hypothetically, well, let's get hypothetical. Well, let's get hypothetical for two seconds. So, um, Let's let's start with with Kun Gon, who 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 is a mutual friend of both of us, and who who we both respect um, um, to, to greatly. And uh, but he he disappointed a lot of people when he, as part of the Democrat Party, stood up in Parliament and approved Prayut Chan Osha as the Prime Minister during the last election. And it was something that that a lot of his friends and people who knew him voiced their 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 concerns. It, if that happened again, and you were forced to be in a coalition with with Kun Payut, um, would you also be willing to stand up in parliament, take the party line, and vote this guy as your next prime minister? Well, here's the thing: uh, we know what happened in the past. It's a matter of fact. I can't, I can't explain or make excuses. It's not my place too. But uh, it's I, also I, not you. It's also not me. But I, uh, one of the condition conditions of me joining Chai Patanakla is that our political stance will be always on the side of the majority of the people's voice. So in Parliament, whichever way we vote, it will be in accordance to the majority of the voice of the people, and that's the agreement. Now, having said that, let me give you something food for thought. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying I disagree with it. It's just food for thought for you and everyone who is listening, your mom and my mom. Um, if you look back at the last election in parliament, uh, the, the, final, the final two names were Kun Payut and Kun Thanaton, right? Um, Kun Payut had 8 million popular, uh, popular votes, had about 100 uh, seats from Palang Basharat. Kuntanathorn had um, about 6 million popular votes, has about 80 uh, from Future Forward. So by the number games, the majority of the votes, Prayut won. Okay. That's just fact. Now, whatever you want to do with that fact, it depends on the person. I'm not saying I would do the same thing as everyone else, but that's the ugly truth that people tend to overlook. There are also some mitigating factors within the oh, eight, mitigating eight, factor, eight, eight definitely. six million. Yeah, there uh, are, we're forgetting the Senate. We're forgetting the fact that there were backroom dealings that led to those two names being the last two names. And that's why I said it depends on what you want to do with that fact. Because me personally, as Voronai, and what Voronai has said and written is a matter of records. You can just Google it. So there's no point denying it. Even though those are the facts of the numbers, it doesn't negate the fact that also Kun Payut came into power via coup d'etat. And that the 250 senators, the power and the belief, the fact that they will vote for Payut anyway, sway a lot of uh, other political parties to go on the side of Prayut, including the Democrats. And it was the Democrats' um, final decision, it's a party decision to vote for Prayut. So again, not everything is black and white. I, I wouldn't have done the same thing, but 
I think it's worth it to lay out all the facts and let the people decide. But the fact that matter the most from today onwards is the agreement, the promise that we would go wherever the majority of the voice of the people say we should go. Okay. And if you ever feel that the party line is antithetical to what you believe, or is something that is against something that is a core principle of yours, would you be willing to go against your own party? I think, I, I think, and I hope me and everyone in this whole wide world would go against whatever party or organization they belong to, if what the organization or the or what the party does goes against the core belief of who we are as human beings. So the answer is yes, of course. I would walk away if the party uh, choose a path that is entirely against my belief, and I think the party would understand that too. Now, sitting here now, however. I don't think that will happen. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here as a member of Chat Patanakla Party. What is what is what is the party's vision for Thailand? Like, what are, what are you know? Give me some of your electoral campaign promises. Give me give, give me <laughs> well, give me some bullet yes, points. Here, yes, here's some of the things that um, the image of Kla or Chat Patana or Kun Kon or Kun Suwat is politically right, right on the I, right. I wouldn't actually say. That. I, I'd say. I'd say Kun Kon um, is politically right when it comes to to certain social issues, but when it comes to, to to economics and and business policies, I would say he's much more moderate. And and then when it comes to like liberalization of business and and things like that, he's actually quite liberal. Okay, what you say, I agree completely. But you know what you and I say and see are different from what the mass people out there say and see. So. Uh, Historically, in the eye of the mass, uh, is uh, the the party would be on the right side of politics. However, if we look at the economic policy of Chad Patanakla that are being rolled out one by one, starting with the doing away with the blacklist bureau that effectively push aside 5.5 million ties out of the economic system, right? Starting with that and moving on to other things, which we will unveil, you will see that the stance, the policies of the party is to dismantle the current economic system, to go up against the big capitalist, to stand up and fight against the quote-unquote, in a, in a Thai uh, words, little people. Not to be demeaning about it, it's just a Thai, uh, Thai way of saying sure. thing. So in that sense, the economic policy is not just liberal, it's quite revolutionary. And that's something I can get in line with. Because again, we go back to the problem of Thailand, is the, is the <coughs> income gap, is the hierarchy, is the everything else. And if you can close, uh, if you can narrow down the gap and spread not the wealth, but the opportunities to the people and have them be able to participate and uh, and 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 move up the economic ladder more. I think that's the solution in the economic sense of Thailand. Do you think that if you're in government and 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 let's let's be honest to each other for a second, right? We're always honest to each other, my dear God. We're always honest to each other. In Thailand, politics is funded a lot by the capitalists, right? Yes. Politics is funded a lot by these giant corporates that you're trying to dismantle. Do you think you're going to even 
begin to be able to approach dismantling that power base. Like, like let's talk about something simple, like sampatan, which mm-hmm. is uh, concessions, government right. concessions. Something that that has long been addressed as against the free market in Thailand. Something that's very anti-competition. Would you be able to to to, to tackle that? I, I think your question is both fair and unfair. Let me explain why. It's fair to ask that questions because we as Thais, we live here, we grew up here, we work here, we have learned to be entirely skeptical about everything about Thailand. So when someone say they're going to come up and do something, we have these questions. Is it going to be able to be done? How is it going to be done? And uh, these are fair questions. But they're also unfair in the sense that when you have these questions and skepticism, you automatically assume that it can't be done. It can never be done. It will not be done. And hence that attitude, that belief has led to us to where we are today. What you ask me is the same thing as a lot of the Puyai, including my own family, my own parents say to me all the time when I first came back to Thailand talking about let's do this and let's do that. I'm sure you faced the same thing when you first came back to Thailand. When we were young, bright eyed, innocent and want to change this world, we have all these dreams and decide and and the questions and the skepticism is always be not possible cannot happen because the system is set this way is the system has been rigged this way and it's correct the system is set this way everything has been rigged but if you don't do something or don't try to do something then that's a guarantee that everything will remain the same so i'm not going to sit here and tell you that yes i will accomplish one two three and four i'm sitting here to tell you that god damn it i will try my best i try with my own little party with some of my friends from Thai United that couldn't work. I tried going somewhere else. Chai Patanakla gave me the best opportunity. So I'm with Chai Patanakla with the same goal in mind, changing Thailand for the better. Right. I have no idea what you're talking about. Parents telling me nothing's possible. No. Yeah, right. Bullshit. We all face the same thing, and it's, and my, it's the same thing. My mom's a saint, and it's the same thing young people face today in their protest. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's accomplish this. Let's accomplish that. What do the other people say? What do the puyai say? It can't happen. It cannot be happened. So we stay where we are. So the only solution is to keep pushing and keep fighting. What else is there to do in life? And in the end, it will be just like what you asked me earlier on that YouTube video thing. You know, my death will be an an, an spectacular assassination. <laughs> oh, um, I'll write a nice obituary for you. <laughs> you bring you bring up something that I want to address as well, which is the protests. Um, when you were the editor in chief and the founder of um, Disrupt, you were you're you're at these protests. I saw you a lot. Um, you were very. I think you found. Uh, a calling, if, if if you will, or maybe just allies or people who you were inspired by these kids, as I was, as many people were. Um, do you think now, being in a more conservative party and being the left liberal aspect of that party, you're able to to voice the concerns of these kids to your other party members of why they were on the street, what was really going through their minds, and 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 how distraught they are with the political system. Like you said, you're bringing the younger perspective to this party. Uh, do you think you're able to articulate that to to the older people in inside your own party now? I not only think I have been able, I actually would say that I was able to, I am able to, and I will continue to be able to. One of the biggest problems uh, in society, and not just in Thailand, anywhere in society, is that we all live in an echo chamber. 
like-minded people, we say the same thing, we all applaud each other, and at the end of the day, nothing changes because society is still divided into the different factions. Not that there's anything wrong with that, it's normal, it's natural to be divided. However, for Thailand, if we're going to have some sort of a path forward, uh, we need to start talking to the other side. We need to start listening to the other side. And for me, being in Chad Patanakla, I'm able to present the fact, the experience that I have uh, <clears throat> encountered in the streets over the past two years, the voices that I have heard, some were inspiring, and let's face it, face it some weren't so inspiring. <laughs> let's not uh, mythologize <laughs> people sure. here. Uh, I'm able to present that, and people are willing to listen and to understand and to reformulate things. Like for example, uh, before I joined, you know, they, they look at themselves as center-right. After I joined, Kun Gon, Kun Atawit, even Kun Atawit say, hey, in actuality, we're center-left. We're more liberal than we thought we were. We were more liberal than what society tells us that we were. And why are we more liberal? Because first of all, we are willing to listen to to op- to be open and listen to these new ideas. And also going back to, we want to, and our policies are formulated around the concept of dismantling the system economically and also fighting the bureaucratic system, the civil servant system that has been keeping the system, not the people that has been, see I'm being a politician now, <laughs> the system, not the people that has been keeping Thailand uh, uh, stuck in, in the Cold War era. So we want to change the system. And if you want to change the system, you can't be conservative. You are liberal. If you're conservative, your goal is to keep things the way they are. So, so, so I think Thai politics and for political parties themselves, that's the reason why everything is so confusing. Because it is. What is left? What is right? What is conservative? What is liberal? You know, there are parties that say we stand for democracy, but you know, not every party that say that actually stand for democracy. There are, so there are so many different things going on that are quite confusing. And that is just the nature of where we are at right now. Hopefully things will be resolved in five or 10 years, but this is the truth of where we are right now. It's a big fucking mess and we are all trying our best to sort ourselves out of this mess. Do you do you still consider yourself an ally of these kids that were out in the streets? I never consider myself an ally of these kids. No. I may I, I respect what they were doing. I still respect what they are doing. But I was there as a journalist. That's the key word as journalist. Right? In my entire career as a journalist the thing that I'm most proud of is when the yellow shirts call me a red shirt and when the red shirts call me a yellow shirt. Meaning as a journalist, you are critical and you analyze everything and you don't put yourself into one camp or another. So when I'm in the streets, I respect, I sympathize, I empathize, I agree with many things, but I'm there as a journalist, not as a participant and not as a member. So I wouldn't call myself an ally. We're very different because when when the yellow shirts came out, I was a yellow shirt or called a yellow shirt, and then when the reds came out, I was a red shirt. No, slut. I'm just I'm just a <laughs> slut. Uh, <laughs> two of the things that you mentioned in your journalism career um, that you really targeted when it came to Thailand, um, and I want to touch on now is um, you're very critical of the armed forces, especially the army apparatus within the Thai within Thai society. 
one. The second is the education system, which you've mentioned many times. Let's start with the, with the army. Um, how do we fix that? Obviously, how, how do we fix that? How do we fix uh, an entity that, that sees itself as a savior of the country that has to come in every six, 10 years to right the ship? Well, um, definitely we cannot fix that by telling the army that you should fix it. <laughs> it can't. People have tried. It will never happen. This is how you fix it. I'm not saying this is the only way. I'm not saying this is the best way. I don't even know if it will work because it hasn't been done, at least not in Thailand. Okay. But this is how I see it, right? You fix the army by first the voters voting in the political parties and the politicians that the voters believe have the sincerity of fixing the armed forces. And once you get enough of those people in parliament, it's a democratic process. And if there's more than 250 of those people in parliament, let's put the senators aside for now because they're just going to fuck shit up even more. Sure. <laughs> more than 250 let's let's say we live in a perfect democracy. <laughs> That's not even near perfect, but anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So if you had enough, enough, <laughs> enough voices on your enough side, voice, where do then, you start? Then you pass legislations. You pass law legislations in which, it, which would reform the army. Now, then the question become, becomes, will the army let you do it? And if the army won't let you do it, what will happen? So then you have a setup in which you have a civilian government and the people of Thailand wanting one thing and the army wanting one, something else. Now, I would go out on a limb and say that when you say the army or the armed forces, you're talking 5,000 people. Not all of them agree in the same thing. I would say that the people who are hardcore against any change is a group of generals and their lackeys, a small minority. So when we come to that situation where the four years from now, eight years from now, when we face down with the That's army. That's optimistic. Hey, <laughs> if you're not optimistic, then what the hell are we doing this for? Yeah, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I think the civil government and the people will win out and it's optimistic because the only other choice is pessimistic and the only consequence from that choice being pessimistic is do nothing let everything be the same mm. do, you, do you know what kind of legislation you'd pass or is that too down the line for you to think about right now well first first uh first of all let's end the draft <laughs> Okay. It's nothing new. Nothing it's nothing new. new. It's let's a end solid the draft. start. It's, it's a, a solid, solid start. start. Let's end the draft. Uh, second of all, let's reduce the number of generals. That's nothing new, right? <laughs> that that's the one. The draft you might be able to get away with reducing generals is a. Uh, that's a uh, that's a uh, that's a tough that's a tough ask. Early retirement, I think, might appeal to some generals, but then you get to like the colonels and the majors now who want to become generals, and then you know you get a certain select amount every year, and then you say, oh, but we're only going to take like five generals this year, and people are going to start. <laughs> that's to- that's why you can't just say reduce the general; it has to go along with the pack with the package. Yeah. It's it's reordering of the armed forces hierarchy. It's also changing the armed force to become a professional army like like in the states like you you grew up in the states i grew up in the states i mean it, the you know the, the last few weeks of high school what happens you you walk into the hallway you see a boot by the marines by the army by the navy recruiting and people go in there and students go there and they want to get recruited they want to get into the armed forces why because the armed forces will pay for your college 
the armed forces will help to provide you with occupations after you leave the armed forces. And while you're in the armed forces, when you're a student in the university, you spend maybe one day out of a month to do your duty. It is professional. It makes sense, and it makes a career in the armed forces attractive, and it makes people have a career after the armed force. And again, all of these things cannot be done within one day, within one year. Hell, not even within a decade. Yeah, let's not let's not bullshit ourselves here. You know, I'm optimistic, but I'm not in fantasy land. You're all realist. these things, all these things, will take 10 years, 20 years, 30 years because we have. Gone the wrong path for so long, so it's difficult to change. It's difficult to switch camp, and therefore it may or may not happen within my lifetime. But the question is, when you if start, if you do it, yeah. there's a chance. If you do nothing, then everything stay the same, and it's very easy. Going back to criticism, now I'm getting heated up a little bit, and it's easy to write to tweet to say one, two, three, and four, and everybody have the right to criticize, and I accept all criticism, but it's easy when you criticize and you get your like, you get your retweet, you get your reshare, and you feel good about yourself, you wake up in the morning with a big erection, and then the next day and the next day, everything stay the same. So this is not about getting likes and shares and retweet. This is about stepping up and stepping out, even into dangerous and questionable places in order to try to do something. Otherwise, other than followers and likes, everything remains the same. You're wanting to talk, but I'm not letting you talk, so I'm gonna shut up now. Go ahead, God. No, no, no. I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking five, ten years for, for the other thing, but I think for ending the draft, you might be able to do that a lot sooner. Yeah. If, if yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think it's a very unpopular thing and um it's becoming more unpopular. And and here's the thing, you know, like this 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 thing whether to stand for democracy, whether ending the draft, whether um, you know, like we 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 had a policy about governor election, so on so forth you know more than one party say it more than one party have this stance it's a wonderful thing let as many parties and as many politicians have this same stance that will increase the opportunity of getting it done because again we're talking democracy is the majority of the votes whether on the street or in the parliament so let's us all work together and get it done rather than going this party say it first how dare you say it or this party is doing it how dare you doing it it's like who the hell has a fucking goddamn monopoly on democracy <laughs> actually yeah i mean the whole point of democracy is try to agree to some consensus exactly. right um that, that's interesting. Uh, is that an official party policy for you guys yet? Um, Which one? The draft. Uh, the draft uh, is is being drafted. Is is the part of it. Uh, we don't call it just ending the draft. We call it uh, something like in English, something like professionalize the army, like uh, better pay, making it more professional, so on and so forth. I mean, the the thing that because the draft is also the one thing about the draft that we don't mention right now, which we should, is that it, it does give a lot of money to the army, right? There's a lot of money involved in the draft. There's, uh, there's a, lot, a lot of money involved in everything. There's a lot of money involved in school uniform. That's why they're never going to stop it. There's a lot of money involved in civil servant uniform. Yeah. That's why they're not going to stop and, it. And the, there's a lot of money involved in uh, setting the the new signage for Satani Bangsu. <laughs> I look for I look forward to money your assassination. In everything. <laughs> um, your assassination is coming. Uh, What's the uh, the other thing? Education. Uh, everyone talks about education. I, I'm almost I I almost don't want to bring it up, but but it's something that you've written quite a lot about. Where do we start? 
where do we address what's the first step the decentralization or increasing teacher quality like yeah. that's just a those, big those, word those, those, doesn't mean yeah, shit those just words that everybody say and yeah. not, not like nothing, where, where do we nothing. like you you're actually in higher education you're you teach in a university yeah. you're doing this tour where you're going around the countries and, and and i visited a lot of campuses over the last two years too and what surprises me is how intelligent these kids are like they're so smart and they're so passionate about politics and about education and things like that and where we're letting them down is is the curriculum the people that we have in charge and i think i think for me if i were to address it it'd be there's something we need to do about the bureaucracy because it's bloated and it's archaic and it's old-fashioned but where where like you can't just go in and fire every administrator right well, well, or fire every teacher no, you can't you can't you do can't, that you can't and you but, you can't reform the curriculum without reforming the teachers you can't reform the teachers without reforming the administrator you can't reform the administrator without first reforming society and culture so it's a big thing but it doesn't have to be that big okay there are so certain what, things, what are the small steps there are, you certain, take? there are certain things that can be done like for example for example i don't think there's anything wrong with how we teach mathematics do you agree I am a terrible math student, so I don't know. So am I. That's why I'm a journalist. Oh, I'm used to be a journalist. <laughs> yeah. You know, the things we have to isolate what keeps us backward or in a box, right? I well, think. I mean, I mean, going back to math, right? Like, let's let's say the way we teach math is great if you want to learn your multiplication tables, and it's great if you want to have engineers that are able to use existing formulas to build a bridge. Where we don't have good mathematicians is that we don't have ties thinking about deep math problems or deep physics problems that require math, where they're able to think outside the box and creatively approach ways to solve age-old formulas and things like that. Yeah, that's, you're, you're trying to find goodwill hunting. Huh? That, that, no, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly right. We don't have outside the box thinkers even in the fields that are as rigid as mathematics yeah but outside the box thinker is not necessary from the field of mathematics it's the whole culture it's, it's the whole culture so that's what I was talking about earlier we have to isolate the things that keep us inside the box and if we can open that up step by step then everything else will open up step by step so for example one thing that can be done which will be very difficult and very controversial to do which is the teaching of history in grade school and in high school the teaching of real history not mythology and not quote and quote, official history. I think that's very important, right? Um, <clears throat> that, that might be a harder sell in your party. Huh? That might be a harder oh, sell. Policy this one's not like the other one. It's not an official... I'm not going to bullshit anyone. That's not a policy at the moment. Uh, another thing is what keeps people inside the box is formality and uniformity. School uniform. Open the box by doing away with school uniform. And I'm not going to lie, that's not in our policy either. Not in grade school, high school level, but at university level, at least. One step at a time. One step at a time. I mean, you teach at Tamasat, which sort of doesn't really care about uniforms that much these days anyways, right? Yeah, they, they don't care. The students come to class in pajamas. You know, people are so afraid that if you don't have uniforms, students are going to spend money on dressing up in Gucci and Chanel, so on and so forth, and just try to do out. No, out they're going to come in their underwear. They fucking don't. 
they come in pajamas and sandals. I get offended. <laughs> Dress up a little bit, goddammit. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, so when, when, when they do co- campus tour for Chapatanakla, we go to colleges in the province, everybody comes up all dressed up in uniform. <laughs> like, so it's a totally different ambience and atmosphere. But anyway, going back to the issue, okay, I mean, at university level, Chapanaka has that policy, but at grade school, high school level, we don't. But again, one step at a time, one step at a time. But it's also a key factor in opening up, opening up this box. So small little things, curriculums here and there. Also, I would say, hey, Animal Farm should be required reading at grade school level. Wasn't it banned like two, three, or four years ago, or something like that? No, eighty-four was banned. I think nineteen eighty-four. I think Animal was banned too, and then and then and then and then people just kept reading. Bayut it. posted a picture of him of him opening Animal Farm or recommending Animal Farm or something. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I don't anyway, think, I, I think if you read it, he didn't understand it very well. But um, <laughs> in, in any case, book. I'm not saying just Animal Farm, but I'm saying books like that should be taught at grade school or high school level at least. Have you ever? When was the last time you were in like a like a Thai high school or grade school, and sat in on a class? Um, honestly, I don't remember. It's been a while. I mean, it's something. It's something I recommend because we, um, my friends do teach for Thailand, right? And they, um, and sometimes I go visit, and sometimes I go sit on like the the Thai. St- the one thing I noticed that that's different from my experience, having grown up abroad and 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 seeing primary education here, is is that. Questions are never asked, right? We don't we don't encourage discussion or questioning of authority, and I think that's a central thing that needs to change too. Okay, here's the question: Why aren't questions being asked? Why aren't students challenging the teachers? Because it's the etiquette. Well, we can go deeper than that, but before we go into that, let me explain that in my class every semester on the first day, I tell my students that I want you to ask questions, I want you to challenge me, and if you can prove me wrong, I will give you an A. So we need to establish that that uh, that environment. Of course, still nobody asks questions because you can't just say one thing one day and then expect everybody to change when they are being uh, shaped and engineered into something else their entire life. So why aren't students questioning? Students aren't questioning because the first thing they do in regards to school is wear the uniform, stand in front of the flag, and salute the national anthem, and sawadee ka sawadee krab kun ku, and always bow, always give that respect to someone who is superior in every which way, even crawl at the feet of teachers. So if you position yourself in that regards to your teacher, you would never dare ask questions. You would never dare challenge. Now, having said that, having said that, society is still changing fast. You and I were both in the middle of the protest, and we both have seen high school students out protesting. We both remember the white ribbons that students are putting on their uniforms and their bags and going to school as a ta- as a sign of protest against the dictatorship of the school system. So things are changing in spite of everything else. And therefore, it would not be fair to judge Thai students to all be conformists. No, they're not. No, I'm judging. I'm not. I'm not. I think. I think the students have always surpassed my expectations, and I, I, I respect that. And I'm inspired by them. It's more the teachers that don't allow it. How do we change? A them? lot of teachers allow it. Um, I, I, a lot do. A lot do. A lot, a lot, lot do. also don't. A lot do. And again. 
we you can't change individual one by one it will take and it will take an eternity individuals conform to a system a system is a reflection of a culture so i think it's very important it goes back to what we discussed earlier like my main goal my main grand idea is to influence mindset which is the foundation of culture if we change the way we think and what we believe that would lead to changing the system and if we can change the system then the people will adapt to that system and in order to do that the Thai people the voters need to vote for a group of leaders who are willing to introduce this new system now obviously when i say new when i say changing the system conservative people would go bad shit <laughs> they would think all sort of unimaginable things no when we talk about changing the system when we're talking about introducing new things it doesn't mean that we have to destroy all old things it's simply a matter of evolving from one step to the next from one level to the next evolving 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 which is a part of the human society we evolve so we must evolve so let's get a group of leaders who understands evolution who knows that the earth is not flat who knows that the monkey is not the ancestor of humanity i think um i think that's a good point i i i i think yeah i think wholesale changes where you destroy the system is terrible i mean we don't want to be like the french right um <laughs> and what happened <laughs> my my beautiful french wife is sitting, next to sitting me. right next to her and i and, and i can't yeah and, and we she, know what happened when she, they tried to destroy the system she has the guillotine for court right now <laughs> <laughs> the french revolution caused more problems than it uh than itself anyway do you have a response <laughs> to that <laughs> uh we don't we don't want an inquisition or a, you know like a judging panel of the people uh here in thailand <laughs> um, moving on um i mean i want to i want to go back to you like personally like the criticisms that you sort of face when you when you move parties did that like do you let it affect you does it get to you seeing some of your friends sort of like take shots at you people that you actually my friends are happy <laughs> My friends are Thai elites. But, 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 <laughs> you know, so people, <laughs> your re- let's say your readers or your your the foreign eye fan base. No, I I'm, I'm not offended. I'm not saddened by it. In fact, I would be offended if they're not offended. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, right? If you if you're not in the situation, if you don't know the details, it doesn't make sense. Right. Judging from the outside, it doesn't make sense. So people have questions. People have criticisms. They should have. They ought to have. I would be disappointed if they don't have. Now I'm just not into the habit of engaging in argument on social media. You know me. You know this, right? I don't. I don't. I don't do the bitching and whining on social media. I'm, I don't I'm see the point. Saying, I'm not caught <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> talking only, with anybody. I only bitch about right? Liverpool these days. Um, but, so, but 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 here's the thing. You know, I I hope. I mean, I'm. In this podcast, I have explained things. People may like it. People may not like it. That's up to them. My 12 listeners will be so happy. Will be so happy. But the point here is, you go where the opportunities are, and we live in a realistic world. If the opportunities opportunities aren't there, then you can't do anything. And if you don't take the opportunities, then you go back to the same thing. At least with this opportunity, I get to work with a group of people in Chai Patanakla who means well and want good 
things and can benefit from my point of view, my background, my experience, my perspective, and I can benefit from that because hey. They have base. They have followers. They have people to agree with. And if we all can get together and form something, then I think that's a way forward for Thailand. Were there any other parties that you would have considered joining? I have talked to many parties, but of course, I'm not that liberty <laughs> to sure, say it. Sure, I understand. Like, there's no law against it, but it's just bad manners. Sure, but but were you tempted by any one other ones or or the, when you when when gone came to you this was this felt like the most right I mean, fit? There, there were a few options but at the end of the day where is the opportunities there are there are other parties i could that, have gone that may to. be more closely aligned with your your political Perhaps, leanings but, but the question always is what would i do there do they have a room for me to to do anything so this was this was as much a a, a um pull a, like a, a opportunity calculation as much as it was a political one it's an opportunity calculation because because again you know like as, like we discussed earlier at the end what is most important is the core principles and belief of the individual person right so i'm not going to sit here and lie that i'm doing all this to sacrifice myself for the greater good of the thai people no it's also about what i believe is the best way And the best opportunity for best opportunity of getting it done, of doing something, right? Obviously, anyone who has followed my career knows I'm a little bit in love with myself. So I'm gonna do things. Your wife just gave me gave you like the funniest look. I wish I could describe it, so, but that's funny. So with that, I'm I'm gonna make decision based on what I believe is the best path to accomplish what I want to accomplish. It may turn out that I'm right. It may turns out that I'm wrong. But what I want best, most of all, is that in the end, it will turn out that I did it my way, like old blue eyes said, <laughs> Sinatra. And, and do you think if you are in government? And you were able to 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 bring even some small legislation that's mission accomplished. Every politician I have met say that. So I mean, uh, to me, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to ask. See, no, see, no, here's here's my thing. Like politicians, they go in right and they say, "I, I just want to bring about X change, just a little bit." And then when I'm done, I'll leave. I'll go do something else. But then they always get stuck in, and then they get stuck in what, the quicksand of what, the political what, system. One thing I'm grateful the most for coming into politics. Is that you get to meet a lot of politicians, young and new, old and new, and you get to have conversations with them that are a different kind of conversation that you would have with them as journalists, right? So I'm learning a lot of things, which I may or may not write a book about after all of this. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyway, one thing that 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 um, stuck out to me is <clears throat> almost every politician say, "I just want to accomplish that one legislation." I just want to do that one legislation that, in their minds, would change Thailand and change everything. And when you put that as your principal goal, then you're willing to compromise everything in the belief that you will get to that legislation. But you will never, ever get to that legislation with the system and the way it's set up and the people in power who are currently holding power and the way the power structure is set up. So I'm not gonna go that route and say I just. Want to make this law happen? I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. So my interest will be: 
how can I and it's, it's a bit intangible it may be a bit vague but how can I affect and impact first and foremost mindset and the way things are done the way people are thinking and doing things again it goes back to my core as a writer and a teacher it begins in the mindset and with the and with <clears throat> and with the mindset then you can create a system that can actually evolve society and and let's say Once that clicks in your head that hey I've accomplished what I set out to do, you're willing to walk away from politics. I or is this again, career again, or is this again. or is this something you're going to do this in is, your seventies? No, no, this is this is this is I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to do it in into my seventies. I think at a certain point people should just retire. <laughs> There is no Superman that will live forever and can do good forever. I think at a certain point people, no matter how wonderful you are, need to retire, take a step back, and let a new group of people do it because you cannot deny the fact of life that eventually you will be outdated. Right, the people in charge now, you, me, and the people who are right now 20 years old, one day they will be outdated. So that's always an expiration date. But at the same time, it's not like you can accomplish one legislation and and then and ride off into the sunset. So what I'm saying is, this is a career. I'm doing this for real. It's not a hobby. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna push it as far as I can get. Having said that, I don't even know if I'm gonna get elected in the next election. So <laughs> this may be short or long. It depends on a lot of things because it's not just up to me. It's up to the party. It's up to the voters, so on and so forth. But all I can say is, I will go as far as I can go and make as much impact and affect as much change as I possibly can. That's a good note to end on. Um, anything else you want to address to your critics and your detractors before we sign off? Actually, there aren't that many, are there? <laughs> no, just me <laughs> with like 24 different accounts <laughs> tweeting about where and I'm like, what the fuck is this asshole doing? Um, Look, um, critics criticize. I'm a big believer in freedom of speech, and I used to be a critic, and I criticize. And critics criticize. They post questions. They make judgment, fair or not fair. It's all okay. Are you enjoying it being on the other side now, from becoming from the the critic to becoming the focus of the well, criticism? Let's let's face the fact here. I am not anywhere near a famous politician that will <laughs> that have any critics. I don't have any position in in government or in parliament. I don't even have a official position in 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 a party. That I'm in, so I'm a very small fish. And before, when I was a critic, was mainly in English, and we we have a very niche group. Yeah, of and, and, and now the niche, the niche is a sort of. A, let's see what the hell Warren is up to. Let's see what the hell Warren is up to. But you know, the niche has always been saying that about me for the past 20 years, seven day. But anyway, <laughs> and that's and that's and and that's just the way it is. And I, I I thank everyone for every criticism. I mean, at least it shows that they care. If not about me, then about everything that's going on. I think that's a great thing. And you know, if we get to talk. If you get to ask the questions, if you get to ask questions, if the answers are satisfied, great. If the answers are not satisfied, um, that's fine, you know. And we all move on with our lives. Fair enough. Thank you for both you and your lovely wife for being here today. Thank um, you very much. Um, let's see what platform this eventually ends up on. It's still being negotiated as we speak. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining me, man. All right, thank you for having me. <laughs>